So there's actually something I've changed my mind on since originally recording this video. And if you wanna hear all my thoughts on it, then I do encourage you to watch it all the way to the end. Bethany asks the following question, and it is a doozy. Uh, what if a polygamist gives his life to Christ? Do they stay married to all their wives? And uh, let me say, I'm gonna try to do, my, to do my best to answer this question, but it is a serious challenge, especially after you give it more than three seconds of thought, and I've given it a lot more than that. First, let me just say clearly, you should not enter a polygamous marriage. I've already dealt with this in my series on divorce and remarriage. Several reasons why Jesus, in his words, imply that you should not have polygamy. First Corinthians 7 shows you shouldn't have polygamy. That th these are, I think, a clear thing for us as Christians. But what about people who get saved, but they were already in polygamy? They were already in a marriage involving usually a man and many women, typically. Now, this is not just a theory. This isn't just something you just give a, a knee-jerk reaction because these are real issues that are actually being dealt with and hashed out by missionaries in Africa or in Asia. There are places where polygamy is very much a, a real part of regular life and people are getting saved and the missionaries are going, what do I do? And a man says to, to the missionary, I, I'm following Jesus now, but do I do I leave my, my, my first wife, my last wife? Do, what do I do? These are real challenges. So let's just work through a little bit of those, try to give some thought. I don't have any authoritative teaching on this, like where you have to do this. I just wanna maybe help you as you're thinking through these things. Um, and I apologize ahead of time that I don't have all the clarity that I'd like to have on this issue. But we need to we need to address the stuff that's going on, right? So my tendency is to lean, and I only say lean, it's not decisive, but I lean towards the idea that that marriage, those polygamous marriages would be allowed to stay together even though you would never perform one in your church, you never affirm it in your church, but you would not break them up. And here's, where I, here's why I lean that way after giving this a lot of thought. Number one, in the New Testament, we don't have any commands to separate any marriages, to, to just divorce any marriages. There's, there's no statement anywhere to do this. Uh, now, to add on to that, there's the fact that among the Jews in Jesus's time, not so much the Greeks, they had, sometimes they had bigamy, they had concubines, but they didn't so much do polygamy. But among the Jews in Jesus's day and in the first century, they did have polygamy going on. And there's no direct command in scripture to break up any of those marriages, even though a lot of people were getting their lives right with God. And so Paul's statements in 1 Corinthians 7, it's like whatever statement of state of life you find yourself in, stay in that state. He applies this to marriage. He's like, if you're bound to a wife, do not seek to be loosed. If you're loose, do not seek to be bound. That implies that if you, if you can apply this to polygamy, that you would stay in those relationships. Number two, uh, divorce is serious, man. Divorce is really serious. Second reason why I lean this way. It's not a quick and easy solution to tell someone to just get divorced. I, I think that I need to have a really strong reason, really good reasons to encourage a divorce, a separating of a marriage. Now, some would argue they were never married in the first place. I don't think that's biblically tenable. I don't think you can say that um, that Judah was an illegitimate son. You know, I don't think you can say these types of things because if you look at the marriages of polygamy in the Bible, while they're not uh, approved of in the sense of being God's plan or design or desire, yet the children seem to be legitimate. Also, speaking of the kids, the impact on the children is pretty significant here. If I tell a man who has two wives and he's got seven kids from, you know, three from one, four from the other, something like that. In the society, these kids could become illegitimate. They may lose out on their inheritance. There may be all kinds of hardships I'm causing to the children by asking for the marriage to be broken up. It also applies to the women too, because in the same societies that have polygamy, a woman is a lot less likely to ever, ever be able to get married again in the future. And so we tell her she's forced to be single and perhaps can't survive financially without a husband. So we may be casting women into poverty by demanding their divorce 
as part of obedience to Jesus, which doesn't seem to be clearly demanded in the text of scripture. So that's a big cost on something that's not a clear command. Finally, fourth, we haven't considered perhaps the impact of this on the gospel. Now, on a paper I read from like the 1930s, that was that was a mission organization dealing with this issue. And they're wrestling with, well, what do we do with these polygamists that are getting saved? One of the things that they brought up was, we have to consider in the culture and the community we're bringing the gospel to, that the message they'll hear about the gospel is that the gospel requires them to separate from their wives. This could be a bad piece of uh, PR for the gospel of Christ, so to speak. Now, I'm not worried about the true gospel getting bad PR because it's the true gospel. Here, I'm worried about putting a burden upon people that doesn't seem clearly demanded in scripture that hinders the gospel greatly. So yes, if we require divorce for people to get saved, that's a pretty significant requirement and it will um, it will hinder the reception of the gospel of Christ. I, I think it's un. It's unrequired biblically, and we we cause harm perhaps by requiring it. So so I lean this way, but but there's more considerations. Here's why I lean, and I'm not totally convinced. Because what if the polygamy itself was illegal? What if it's it's in a country where polygamy is illegal? So it's an illegal marriage, and now you've got to wrestle with the idea that okay, your first wife was legal, your second wife was illegal. We need to wrestle with this kind of as a fresh issue. What if the second wife that the man married was a secret wife, such as in some cases with uh, Joseph Smith, where, it, well, it wasn't legal because it wasn't done in a, in a legal court and it was secret. And so, I mean, this seems more like a fake marriage, right? This seems more like something where you're like, you're not even really married. <laughs> like, this is just fake. And so you have to start to wonder if the polygamy was legitimate in the first place. That is a good question uh, in some scenarios. What if one of the wives wants out? What if, what if the man's polygamous and he's like, oh, I, I really want to get my life so right with Christ. I, I, I want to separate. And she wants out too. And her family wants to take her back and everybody's approving of it. Well, do I approve of that divorce? Oh, that, I don't know the right answer to that question. I think it's something we have to struggle with. What if a man who just got saved, well, a week ago, he married his second wife one week ago. And he says, oh, this was a huge mistake. Why did I do this? And maybe she wants out. Maybe he wants out. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know the right way to handle that scenario, and I, I wouldn't know what advice to give. Um, or what if it's a woman that has two husbands, which will become more of an issue in our future. Perhaps there's an element of this word. There's, you have to consider all this, the scenarios and the situations of each individual person and polygamous relationship. But I lean towards stay married. However, one big caveat, the polygamist husband is disqualified from leadership in the church because it sets an example that is very problematic for the body of Christ. I think that the first Timothy requirements for leaders, husband and one wife, while it's not just directly about polygamy, I dealt with this in a previous video, it does apply to polygamy. I think that it does apply. So that person cannot serve. I hope that this helps. Um, not only did I get this question from Bethany, but I got a longer version, which I didn't put on screen, from some actual missionaries who were struggling with this very issue. I hope that this helps you. And yeah, God give us wisdom. If you guys want to see all of the videos I have on divorce and remarriage, there's a playlist in the video description below and you can subscribe to learn how to think biblically about everything. What you just saw, I actually recorded almost two months ago, but I have had some nagging doubts about this topic and some uncertainty that has been bugging me and keeping me from posting that video. And so there's one more thing I want to tag onto the end of this for your consideration. If I'm reading our culture right, then I think that polygamy is well on its way into greater cultural acceptance in, in a lot of the countries of our world, and that this is going to be only a more pressing issue. And so I think, especially now, I should put out this rather difficult, but I think perhaps valid addition to my teaching on the topic of polygamy. And this is it. In scripture, adultery is legitimate cause for divorce. 
It is a proper justification for divorce that does free one to marry another. It's sad, it's terrible, but it is it is an actual justification that I think Jesus himself approves of in Matthew 5.32 and Matthew 19.9 and 10. In the case of a polygamous marriage, it seems to me that infidelity is taking place on a regular basis all the time. But it's one-sided. So if it's one husband and two wives, three wives, then the husband, while being faithful uh, to one wife, is being unfaithful to another one of his wives. He is constantly violating the heart of what marriage means. And I don't think you can rescue yourself from this problem by saying, but they agreed to it. Because man agreeing to violate the concept and the biblical view of marriage, the, the desire that God has, one man, one woman, to be joined, to become one flesh, and the fidelity that belongs to, to that relationship, man choosing that they agree to violate, that means nothing. You know, a, a marriage where they decide to have an open marriage doesn't make it okay. It is God who dictates what marriage means. And I think that polygamy creates, it seems to me, a situation where at least one person in that marriage is constantly committing adultery against the other people in that in those marriages. The implications of this are pretty profound. What it means is that a husband who has multiple wives doesn't have a right to divorce any of them. No, he has no right. His obligation is to be faithful. It's, you know, even though his faithfulness to one is unfaithfulness to another, that's the situation that sin has created. But his job is to remain um, as loyal of a husband as he possibly can in that scenario. But the women are married to a man who is regularly sleeping with other women. And it seems to me that they have justification to exit that marriage at any time of their choosing. Now, I know that creates an unstable situation for those polygamist relationships, but perhaps that's what's kind of needed because maybe these women need a way out in some cases. This would actually have really heavy implications because it would imply that Jacob with his multiple wives, that they could have by right stepped out at some point. But maybe that's just the truth of the situation. We don't look at them like they're the model examples. In fact, Jacob, more often than not, is a bad example in scripture. You know, we, we see Solomon with his multiple wives as a bad example. We don't see this as a positive, wonderful thing. And I think that that's proper. And perhaps the right understanding is that a, a person who is one of many who is married to another, or one of two who's married to another, that person may have a proper legitimate cause for divorce at any given time. And I think that um, I'm going to have to drop that bomb in your lap and ask that you use wisdom and godliness because I consider this a, an issue that really people are actually facing today and they're going to be facing in greater numbers in the near future as our culture continues to devolve into uh, moral make-believe on the topic of sexuality and marriage.